0: This week, Kelly was just five years old when her parents divorced, and she was forced to choose between staying with her mom or living with her dad. So her early life was anything but normal. Later, as a wife and mother, she was determined to keep her family together at almost any cost. And it literally cost her everything. Welcome to My Crazy Divorce. A failure as a husband. I'm a failure as a man.
1: It's just, I'm beautiful and I'm bright and I deserve better. It's a great day. I'm feeling good. Oh, the possibilities of what I could oh, do with the world at my fingertips. My imagination brings a smile to my lips. Oh.
0: Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of My Crazy Divorce. I'm your host, Tom Milligan. You won't want to miss this week's craziness. As you'll hear in just a minute, Kelly's story starts out pretty rough and just keeps getting worse and worse. It's almost unbelievable the amount of shit she's had to deal with in her life. But first, as always, remember that I'm not an attorney or a therapist, so nothing on this show should ever be mistaken as legal or therapeutic advice. Please seek out the appropriate professional if you need that type of support. Also, I'm always looking for guests for the show, so if your divorce story is a crazy one, I want to hear about it. Please visit MyCrazyDivorce.com and click on the Apply to Be a Guest button. It only takes a minute, and I promise we'll have a great time recording the show. Now, before we get to the interview, I do have a warning to give you. This week's story is tragic. Normally, we try to have a good time, but this one includes substance abuse, death, and some serious criminal activity. So it's not as lighthearted as some of our previous episodes. If you're extra sensitive, you may want to sit this one out. I seriously won't hold it against you. You've been warned. So let's meet Kelly. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to hear your story today.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to tell it.
0: Where, where does Kelly come from? What, tell us about your childhood.
1: Um well, I'm born and raised in Texas. Um, I grew up in a really small town, uh, called Springtown. Um, I lived there maybe until I was about 10 years old. And then we moved to a bigger city, um, Fort Worth. Uh, that's a pretty got, big city. Oh yeah. Huge. Yes. <laughs> so big. Um, my parents got divorced when I was about five years old. Um, and they gave, I have um, two other siblings and they gave us the option to choose, you know, do you want to stay with mom or do you want to stay with dad? Um, so I stayed with my dad. Um, so I was about 10 years old in Springtown. We lived there. Um, and, uh, just from there we came to Fort Worth, like I said, and I've just been here except for one year of my life I spent in Arizona, which we will get to. Um, I've been here all my life.
0: <laughs> okay. So back up for a second. How old were you when they got divorced?
1: I was about five years old
0: and they give you the option at 5 years old.
1: Yes. Yep, at 5 years old, they said. Okay. You can that's,
0: decide. That's a first on this show for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: We're we're literally 1 minute in and <laughs> <laughs> you, already blowing yeah.
1: your mind, right? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. hold on for a sec though. So, you chose to go with Dad. I did. Uh, I hear that kind of thing in teenagers, but then again, I only hear about teenagers being given the option. So what, what was going on there? Why dad?
1: Um, I was a daddy's girl. Um, I was head over heels for my dad. I mean, in my eyes, he could do no wrong. You know, my parents were truck drivers growing up. Um, so they weren't home a lot. Um, but I don't know. I just, I felt myself drawn more to my dad than my mom. I'm, My i do not want to say my mom is mean, but she wasn't always nice to us growing up. So okay. I think that also had a lot to do with it, um, uh, you know, wanting uh, to spend more time with my dad.
0: That makes sense. And your yeah. siblings, where did who did they choose?
1: Uh, they chose my mom.
0: So yeah. you chose your dad and to be away from your siblings? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That is, Well, we might have to get you and I just might have to have a longer conversation about that, we're, but that's not what we're here for. But I, that right. I think that might play a part in, in, in what we're going to talk about today. Cause that's literally, that's a, I'm blown away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're 10 and you moved to um, Fort Worth and I apologize for interrupting.
1: Oh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. We moved to Fort Worth um, and things are good. my dad, It does what he can as a single father. Um, I guess I let me back up and say the reason my parents got divorced was because when I was five years old, my dad came out as gay and that obviously was a deal breaker for my mom. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So growing up with my dad in Fort Worth in the 90s, people were not very kind about things like that, you know, back then. Um, so I got bullied a lot. I got picked on a lot, um, but it never made me want to leave my dad. Like I, I, I feel like it just made me, you know, like a stronger person. I know it's cliche to say, but it really did. You know, like having to deal with that and seeing what my dad went through, I feel like I have a lot more compassion towards, especially the, you know, that community and everything. So
0: that's that's actually fascinating. And you said your dad was a truck driver.
1: He was. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents, they did it together.
0: Oh, really? Like over the road stuff?
1: Over the road stuff, yep. They would go for days at a time and my myself and my siblings, when we were younger, we would go stay with my grandparents um, while they were gone. Sometimes, like maybe in the summertime or when we weren't in school, like when I wasn't old enough to go to school yet, I would go with them. Like I've been everywhere. I've been so many places, slept in the back of a, you know, <laughs> the camper in the truck. Like it was so cool. It was so much fun. I remember that it was it was a lot of fun
0: that's that's incredible now yeah. I'm not a real um, I'm not familiar with the trucker community but I just have to imagine that your dad took a lot of shit for being a gay trucker
1: well and I don't know that he was really out about it then um I, I from my understanding my my dad was in Vietnam and that's mm. when he realized that He was more interested in men than women. But I think when he came back, you know, he had to go by this, I don't know what you call it, like this, what everybody expected him to be. And that's what he was. And he, I can only imagine how unhappy he was, you know, living this life that he didn't, you know, that he didn't really want or he didn't feel like he fit into. So.
0: Yeah, I, I have a son who's gay and I'm so grateful that he didn't feel the need to, I mean, right. he probably did feel the need. I'm, I guess I should say, I'm glad he was strong enough to, to say screw society. I'm going to be this who, is I, who am.
1: I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, okay. So, so then what, so you're, you're living in Fort Worth. So I'm and...
1: living in Fort Worth. My dad works a night job. So there's really not anybody there in the evenings to watch me when I'm not in school. Um, I start getting into a little bit of trouble, staying out too late, skipping school. By this time, I'm in middle school, and I'm already, you know, skipping a couple days a week, going to my friend's house. And, you know, so my dad, he finally finds out, and he's like, okay, enough. You know, I'm going to go send you to live with your mom, Um, which I didn't want because, you know, I knew my freedom was done. Like, it was over. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I went to go live with my mom and then my siblings, and um, it was... It was okay. Mm -mm. I don't, I have a good relationship with my mother. It could be better. Um, She has a better relationship with my siblings than I think she does with me. And it's very obvious. She makes it pretty obvious. Um, So I think that, you know, when I went to live with my mom, I gave her a hard time. You know, I didn't try to not get into trouble or, you know, I was just a lot of pushback and stuff like that. But I don't know if that's because I just lost my freedom or because I didn't like how she favored my brother and my sister. Um, But yeah, I was a pretty troll teen.
0: So you lived with your dad for eight years or so seven years hmm. before you moved and to. So I was about
1: 12 or 13 yeah and then I went to go live with my mom once I started middle school and then I stayed with her all through high school so
0: wow yeah how's your relationship with her now
1: um now it's better she actually lives about five minutes down the road nice um but I don't ever see her <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but it has gotten better, um, and I think it's just gotten better since some of the things that have happened have happened. It has brought us closer. Okay. Um, so, but yeah.
0: And how about your dad, though? Did Are you still tight with the oh,
1: oh, yes. Very much so. I talk to my dad very often. He lives about two hours away. Um, I don't see him as often as I'd like, but I do talk to him on a regular basis. Yeah.
0: And and what about your um, um, what about your siblings?
1: Um, I'm really close with my sister. Um, I talk to her often as well. My brother, not so much. Um, I'll tell you why later. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> part of I'm, the story we're going yes, to get to. it's part of the story. Yeah, but okay. we're not. We we actually don't speak at all. So. Oh, I,
0: yeah. I hate hearing stuff like it's that. It's unfortunate. I, it really is. I think it's what I've learned, though, throughout this podcast is it's shockingly common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, there were times in my family I didn't talk to my, a couple of my siblings. So it's not that um, I'm not judging. I'm just surprised. I always figured I was the only one. No.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, No, you're not.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm learning. Okay, so, so all right. So you, you're living with your mom. How about high school? You, did, you, did you kind of pull things together or did you just remain a hellion?
1: I high school was rough. I actually dropped out when I was sixteen, um, for about four or five months, and then I don't know, just something snaps, and it's like, what the hell am I doing? I'm basically right. throwing my life away, and so I went back. Um, I finished a year behind, but I did graduate. I do have a high school diploma, so that was a big accomplishment for me.
0: Yeah, that's great. That that it is. Sorry, adjusting lighting. Um it's it's like way too bright and way too dark. So um so you graduated a year late, but you graduated, not not a graduate. GED.
1: No. Yeah, I got um, a high school diploma and everything.
0: Yeah. I, I dated a girl in high school. Uh we were seniors and she was nineteen. Uh and she had been in some massive accident when she was a kid. And so she was, or maybe it was, I don't even remember. She was just held back and uh-huh. and she missed some time. And so she was the oldest kid in school and I thought she looked great. So um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Kim, if you're listening, you look great. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, oh, so you graduated high school, then... Then what, just working or did you end up in college?
1: Uh, no, I didn't go to college. I did start working when I was 16, like like the week after I turned 16. I already had a job lined up as a waitress. I was ready to go. Like, you know, anything to get out of my mom, not to get out of her house, but to spend as much time away from home and to make money and to have things for myself. Um, so I was ready to work and I worked. I worked a lot. I almost full time working in high school and then going to school as well. So
0: yeah, yeah good for you. That's, Oh yeah. I, I think that, uh, I know there's a lot of, a lot of push people have to, you know, I only want you to be a student. I don't want you to work. And then uh-huh. they graduate from college when they're 25, 26 years old with a master's and they've never had a paycheck. And yeah. I, I, there's something to be said for a balance there. So, so good for you yeah. in my opinion. I know a bunch of parents will give me a bunch of crap about that, but okay.
1: I give my son, my son is 16 and he's working now. And I tell him you can work one day during the week and on the weekends only because school comes first. But my son is a straight A student, so I don't want anything to deter that. You know, he's he's so smart. So I tell him school first and then work.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny because, you know, you and I have now been talking for 15 minutes or so total. And I'm looking at you and – You just said you have a sixteen-year-old son, and I knew that, but you don't look much older than that Uh, yourself. So, I just that just didn't register for a second.
1: Yeah, almost four. I'll be forty this year. So, really, yep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Holy crap!
1: Well done. Well (laughs) done. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Okay, well let's 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 shift gears and let's start talking about maybe the villain of the story i don't know the whole story but we're gonna find out here in just a minute how about this we're gonna call him the uh the antagonist of the story at least and he's gonna be we're gonna call him dave yeah okay where did dave grow up and oh before we get to dave i'm sorry i always have to do this because sometimes i forget was religion part of your life at all as a kid?
1: Um. Kind of when my parents would be away and we would have to spend time at my grandparents, they would force us to go to church and all that. Um, but outside of that, I really didn't, um, you know, go to church or, you know, I was not really involved in it very much. Even as an adult um, now, I don't, it's not really a thing for me. Now.
0: Yeah. By the way, the parents, grandparents you're talking about, are these your mom's parents or your dad's?
1: Uh, they're my dad's parents.
0: So they were religious.
1: They were very religious, yes.
0: Now I've got to ask this. How did they take it when your dad came out?
1: Oh, um, I think for a while that they were not very accepting of it. I think it took them a few years to come around and finally speak to him again and accept him for who he was. Yeah.
0: That's that's heartbreaking. But, mm-hmm. but are they they on board? Or, I don't know if they're still alive, but <laughs> are they on yeah, board? they're
1: actually not. They, they're they're both deceased, but I I don't think that they were really ever fully accepting of it. Um, We would have family functions and things like that that our like our family would not be invited to. We wouldn't be included in like Christmases and things like that. So that's what tells me that you know them along with maybe some other family members they weren't very accepting of you know who he was. So,
0: yeah. That just sucks. I'm it sorry. Does.
1: And then it I'm, does. I know it does, yeah.
0: I'm sorry. That that sucks. Anyone out there listening, don't do that. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just dumb. Uh, it it's is. It's just flat out dumb. Yeah. Sorry if I'm bagging on your grandparents, but oh, you're that's fine. just dumb. <laughs> that is dumb.
1: Yeah. I mean, us as children, we didn't have anything to do with that, you know? So, that, that just made us feel like you know, maybe it was us or something, you know, when in reality it was, it didn't have anything to do with us at all. So.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, the fact is it has everything to do with them.
1: Yes. Yeah. Most I definitely. mean, that's,
0: yeah, that's the bottom line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now let's get to Dave. Um, okay. Where did, where was Dave born? Let's same sets of questions. Where, where was, where's he from?
1: Um, he's actually from Fort Worth. He has uh, lived in Texas as well all his life, except for one year. Um, but yeah, he grew up in Fort Worth. Um, he, His dad was an alcoholic, and he was abusive. Um, so his mom and dad split pretty early on. And then it was just his mom on her own. Um, he has, let's see, three siblings. He has three sisters. He's the only boy. Mm-hmm. So of course, she babied him. Like, like you wouldn't believe, you know, (laughs) like I baby my son. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, you know, also not religious didn't, you know, I, I can't even tell you the last time he had stepped foot in a church with me. So who knows, you know, but, um, yeah, we, we, we didn't grow up very far apart from each other. So,
0: and, um. Was he, you know, a good student? Was he, I mean, did he kind of have the same thing?
1: He's so smart. He graduated when he was 16. He graduated two years early. Really? Yes. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you graduated a year late. He graduated two years early.
1: Two years early. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's impressive.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was definitely impressed. It was one of the things that I was attracted to, you know, that he was so smart.
0: Yeah. You know? So. And, and he, did, did he then, I mean, you're 16 years old, you graduated from high school. Do is he Doogie Hauser? Did he go right on to high school <laughs> or to college? Uh, excuse me.
1: So he took a couple of years of community college, but I think that he felt that was not for him. So, yeah. um, from the, but he was working since he was 15, even when he was in high school, he was working. So he just worked, went to school a couple of years and then decided it wasn't for him. And then he just worked from there on out. So.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. So, so that's, I think we have a kind of a picture of family life for both of you guys, but at some point these kids from Fort Worth meet up.
1: Yes. Uh, How how did you guys meet? We have a mutual friend. Um, and she, I worked with her and one day she said, Hey, I'm going to go to this guy's house. He's having a a little house party. Do you want to go? You know, I think that you guys would you know, get along really well. And I'm like, okay, sure, you know, fine. So we go and sure enough, you know, we hit it off like immediately. Um, And so that's how we met.
0: And when was that?
1: That was, oh gosh, probably 97, maybe 1997. Wow. Yeah. I was still in school. I was still in high school. I was 17 and he was 16, I think. oh so he's
0: younger so he had he just graduated then.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so he had just graduated you're like a sophomore or junior at that point
1: Mm -hmm.
0: okay wow okay so you guys hit it off you're kind of a a, kind of a bizarre high school romance
1: yeah yeah we were like high school sweethearts but not in the same high school but you know yeah
0: that's great so go ahead Oh, I
1: was just going to say, he he lived on his own with his sister. Well, not on his own, but he lived with, it was just him and his sister, and they lived yeah. together. And I think that that was one thing that also attracted me to him was because he had all this freedom. You know, right. there was no parentals around to tell him, you know, you can't do this or you have to be home at this time. So, you know, I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, nobody to tell me what to do or what time to be home. Like, hell Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I mean, yeah. I at sixteen, I, isn't that what yep. everybody wants?
1: Oh yeah, you want freedom.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then of course, when you get that freedom, you realize that all you do is work.
1: Yes, you work, pay bills, <laughs> sleep, work, pay bills, sleep. Yes. Yep.
0: <laughs> and every once in a while, cook a meal.
1: Yeah.
0: That, that's and that's about it. That's being a grown up until you die. Yes, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Divorce doesn't have to be complicated. OurDivorce.com's three-step procedure provides a simple and affordable process that you can follow at your own pace. Save thousands by visiting OurDivorce.com today.
0: Well, okay, so you guys, you start, you hit it off. Uh, Was it a, I mean, clearly it was pretty much love at first sight or at least pretty soon. Did you, were you exclusively dating right away?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Like after we met, we started hanging out more and then I would start to spend more nights at his house. And because at that time I had a car so I could bring myself to and from, you know, and he was living only about 15 minutes away from where I lived with my mom. So if I needed to get myself up for school, you know, it wasn't an issue. Like I could do that. Um. So.
0: So let me ask you this. I, everybody who listens to the show knows I grew up Mormon and really uber religious family not me necessarily but my family Uh, the idea of a 17 year old girl having a car and spending the night at her boyfriend's house without their mom showing up with a shotgun uh, it's really foreign to me so so tell me how that worked your mom was just all right you're over at Dave's house
1: pretty much I mean I think at that point though she figured she couldn't control me. I mean, I was like going out on the weekends and drinking at seventeen and partying and, you know, and I think she knew and she maybe she figured that, you know, there was nothing she could do to stop but I was gonna find a way around it. So to just let it happen. So
0: And did she like Dave?
1: Um at first she did not. I don't think that she really cared much for him. One, because I was spending a lot of time there, you know partying i mean she had to have known what we were doing right <laughs> you know so i, I think, think we that, all do uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think just for that mainly is why she was not you know as accepting of him in the beginning but she warmed up to him eventually okay okay <laughs> yeah.
0: okay so you're a high school student uh-huh. s- spending all sorts of time away from home at work over at your boyfriend's house he's at community college at this point yeah at at some point did you guys move in together
1: uh yeah I just kind of went there and the more I went the more things from my house went to his house and eventually I was just there <laughs> I just kind of
0: took so it wasn't like a do you want to move in with me it was oh, shit, more than 50% of my stuff is here. So apparently I live here and I visit I live my mom's. Here.
1: Yes. Yeah, it was pretty much like that. Yeah. And it was not, it wasn't immediately after a few months, maybe. We spent, you know, a good amount of time together and, you know, and then after that, then that's when I just kind of slid my way in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is it now? You slide into someone's DMs, but you slid right into his house. <laughs>
1: slid right into his house. Yep.
0: <laughs> but his sister was there.
1: His sister was there, and she was older um, at the time. I think she was maybe about twenty years old. She lived there with her boyfriend, and then, um, of course, my ex-husband. So, yeah. and she didn't care what we did because she was doing her own thing as well. So she, you know, there was nobody supervising us. Yeah.
0: By the way, I loved how you just said she was older. Wouldn't it be great to think of someone as a twenty-year-old being older?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That makes me ancient. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Tell me about it. Um, okay. So let's think. I'm trying to figure out what we should ask here, where we should go with this, because this is this is quite a build up here, Kelly. This is
1: it, Oh, it gets better. It gets oh I know, better. but And I so going Before I came, I was talking to my boyfriend and I'm like, Okay, I'm not gonna ugly cry. I'm not gonna ugly cry, but <laughs> I already feel it's coming. <laughs> uh,
0: well, and, and by the way, if you do ugly cry, I, you know, I do leave some tears in, but I, the purpose oh, sure. of this is never to embarrass someone. So, oh,
1: of course not. Yeah.
0: And we can stop if you need to. So, yeah. all right. So we're going to jump in now. We'll, we'll start talking about engagement story.
1: Okay. So. All right.
0: So Kelly, you're, you're living with Dave and his sister, mm-hmm. uh, at some point, you guys get married or decide to get married. what how'd that happen?
1: Um, so it happened because I got pregnant, which is why we decided to get married, mostly for like the benefits and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, the job I was working didn't really offer a lot. Um, so you know, it was there was no like big, huge you know, proposal or anything like that. It was like, Oh shit, I'm pregnant. Oh, well, should we get married? It's like, you want to, or do you want to like, okay. <laughs> I mean, that was like pretty much it.
0: There you go. How romantic. Now, where was he working or what kind of work does he, did he do?
1: He actually worked for Blockbuster when they used to be around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we're really old.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. Be kind, rewind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so, so he's a blockbuster, and they had benefits, apparently,
1: yeah, they had and, really well, he was a manager, so he had really oh, good benefits, yeah, got it so all
0: right, so so you guys i I joke around sometimes say the doctor told you you were in love, and it was time to get married and and so you said,, all right, get married. did you just go to justice of the peace, or was there like a ceremony or something? Oh uh,
1: no, we actually had a ceremony, um we got married in two thousand and five. Uh I was 4 months pregnant when we got married. Um it was a very small ceremony. It wasn't even in a church. It was like in this little like uh chapel that this lady had. Um I think she lived out of it, but the other part was, you know, a chapel and it was really it was really nice um for the circumstance, you know. I I was happy with it. So, we did that.
0: And and So what was the, just what, just out of curiosity, what's the wedding date?
1: Uh, November 5th.
0: November 5th, 2005. Yes. Okay. So I'm writing that down. Um, I always like to get a timeline of these things. Uh, I don't know if everybody else does this, but whenever somebody gives you a date um, in these stories, I think, okay, what was I doing right then? And where was I in my marriage right then uh-huh. and w- was i happy were my kids born so i just try to put myself and figure out what was happening in my life and again i don't know if anyone else does that but i like to so
1: <laughs> right
0: okay so 2005 you're married and was it happy were you did i mean were you did you oh, live yeah. with his sister still or what
1: uh no she actually moved out she and her boyfriend um had a kid their first kid um, and so they went to do their own thing as a family and left us in this house. Um, it was actually his childhood home that he lived in or that we lived in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did that. We,
0: That's interesting. Did it, I mean, mm-hmm. did his mom just take off and say, here's the house? Or how did he end up with the family house?
1: You know, I'm not really sure. I I want to say that his mom had started dating somebody else and maybe she went off to be with him. Um, live with him maybe. Uh, I'm not too sure though, but somehow he and his sister ended up with the house that they grew up in. So okay. that's where we lived for a few years after my son was born.
0: So and that's in Fort Worth. And so, and your son's born, you know, June, July, uh,
1: August or so. February of 2006, actually.
0: February. Oh, cause you were four months pregnant, right? Cause I'm, I was, yeah, I'm doing the math wrong. Okay. So, so he's born, you guys are married again. Was it a, were you guys all right? Or was it this, oh, yeah. you were young people and so you fought a lot or what?
1: Um, it was good. There, It was mostly good. There were a few things that, um, I would see, you know, maybe some habits that he had, like I told you before, his dad was an alcoholic and my ex-husband liked to drink Um, so for me, you know, when I first met him, it was fun for me, you know, like I was about it. I was, you know, okay with partying every weekend and stuff like that. But when I got pregnant, I thought, you know, in my mind, things are going to change immediately. You know, we're bringing a child into the world. We're going to start a family, you know, things are going to settle down. Uh, But they didn't. Um, he would continue to drink and, um, that's, you know, once it started getting, you know, progressively worse, that's when, you know, I was like, okay, hold on a second, you know?
0: And, so. and did you, did you have talks about that?
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. I was, I'm um, like, you know, it doesn't have to be every night. It doesn't have to be every weekend. It doesn't, you know, but it didn't really change. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay. So marriage is cruising along. You have mm-hmm. your regular problems. You've also got some alcohol problems and that's mm-hmm. not just about behavior. I, I assume that's not also an expensive hobby.
1: It is. Yeah.
0: Um did that was, was money an issue at some point?
1: Not really because the house that we lived in was paid for. So we didn't oh. have a mortgage or a rent. All we had to do was just pay, you know, the utilities and whatever co- other costs of living that we had. Wow. So
0: Can I move there? We
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty nice to be you know 22 23 and not have to worry about you know a lot of money issues
0: yeah so yeah, that that takes a lot of pressure off
1: it really does yeah
0: well so at some point okay so your son's born Let, let's pick up the story there so you have a son in 2006 yes, yes. What, what happens next
1: Um, nothing really happens. I mean, we just, we're a family now, you know, and things are good. Like I said, more good than bad. Um, We take a family vacation every year, we go to the beach, you know, we take weekend trips to San Antonio or, you know, to downtown just to do things like we had, we were capable of doing that, you know, financially. So that part, you know, it was a lot of fun, you know, in that aspect, it was really good. So And then we just did that for a few years um, until we decided that we didn't want to live in this house anymore. We wanted to go to a nicer neighborhood um, and we could afford it. And so we did. So eventually, I think my son was maybe three years old when we left that house and we moved into uh, a nicer place, a nicer neighborhood. Um,
0: So that must have been a really bad neighborhood to go from zero housing costs to... Greater than zero.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it It just, it for me, it wasn't somewhere that I wanted my son to grow up. You know, I didn't want him going to school in a, I don't want to call it a bad neighborhood, but just, I grew up going to good schools. I wanted to make sure my son had that same good education. So we decided, you know, this is not the place for us as a family. And then especially if we wanted to expand our family, you know, I would, you know, it wasn't there that I wanted that. Sure. So No,
0: that makes sense. Everybody wants to yeah. you wanted your kids to have the best. So Right. Yep. Remind me real quick, going back in time, you guys got married in two thousand five. When did you meet?
1: Uh we met probably ninety seven, ninety eight. We went back and forth for a few years. Um, we dated for a while and then we'd break up for two or three months, and then we'd always find our way back to each other. And we did that for for a few years.
0: Okay, so when your daughter's born, you guys have been together at least off and on for a decade mm-hmm. wow yeah. yeah that's that that's a long time
1: it it, it really is, and to be so young, you know it's yeah.
0: Like, yeah okay, all right, so life's going on, Let's let's at some point, something has to go to shit or you wouldn't be sitting yes. there. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's, we, we've got the good part. At some point we have to start going over Descending.
1: the hill. <laughs> Descending. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so really for me, it was just the drinking was the main issue. Um, I worked a night job. And he worked a day job. So we wouldn't mm. have to put our kids in any type of childcare, daycare, you know, no babysitters, nothing like that. I would come home from my night job at four, five o'clock in the morning. I would come home to, you know, my door being unlocked, all my windows open, all the lights on, the garage is still open. We'd walk inside and he'd be there passed out. Like this was oh a very common occurrence. Yeah. And then he would have also my, two kids there as well
0: this is always a weird thing for me to ask but hey we're here on a podcast right so people that are married sometimes have sex um how was Uh the intimacy in this relationship
1: Uh, most of the time it was no thank you i didn't even want to be touched by him i just i i didn't like who he was as a person and i just couldn't get past that and so when he would touch me i would feel disgusted
0: yeah that makes sense so that that and that (laughs) didn't help i'm sure in the relationship
1: oh no no yeah because then it was a argument about why can't i touch you why can't we be intimate why don't you you know why don't you want me in that way but yeah it all goes back to him so
0: (laughs) yeah well and of course um you know some people get a little bit, uh, amorous when they're drinking too. So, yes. you know, he, so yeah, he's and drunk. And he's... Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then, so based on that, I assume then that, uh, you know, again, there's, if, if someone's drinking all the time, there's no sex in the marriage. You don't like the person you're, and he's treating, or at least he's putting your children in danger. I, I, there's no way this is going to last very long. So, so when did it all happen? I mean, let's la- get to that part
1: okay so um let's see 2014 it was actually new year's eve um we went out for new year's eve had a good time drinking you know whatever uh i end up getting pregnant that on new year's eve Um, so the, yeah, so then comes our son, uh, Samuel, but before then, before my son was born. Okay. So he's still drinking, you know, and nothing has really changed, but I'm pregnant now, you know, with our third child and I'm Mm -hmm. not going anywhere. Like, I feel like I'm stuck pretty much. So I'm at the grocery store with my two children and I'm probably, I don't know, maybe five or six months pregnant. And I'm going to check out and I try to use uh, one of the credit cards that we have and it declines. And I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no way, you know, like there's money there, but I don't understand what's wrong. So I call him and I'm like, hey, you know, the credit card's not going through, like, what's up? And he's like super like calm about it. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, well, it kind of is because I'm here in line with the, Basket full of groceries. And, you know, they're telling me that I can't, you know, this card's not working and it's embarrassing and I need to know what's going on. He's like, I don't worry about it. I'll take care of it when I get home. So, me being me, I go home and I look into it and I log into our credit card statement and I see all these charges for like random places. And it's not even places that I know of, like just weird names. And so I start to Google the names of these places that the charges are showing. From, and it's all online gambling. So he actually racked up on our credit card five thousand dollars worth of debt in online gambling. Yeah. Wow. And that's how I found out because I could not pay for my groceries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't really even know how long it had been going on. Um, When I confronted him about it, you know, he confessed and he said, "Okay, yes, I have this problem. I, you know, and I, I just can't." I I don't know how to stop. He said, I'll gamble, I'll lose the money, and then I'll go and I'll try to pay some off so, you know, it's not noticeable. Um, And I don't know how long he did that for, but that's um, one of the issues that, you know, was, you know, it was a huge deal. You know, it was a huge deal for me. So after that, I told him, look, you know, you need to get your shit together. We're about to bring another kid into the mix, you know, we cannot afford for you to go gamble our savings away, you know, like get it together. And I tell him, I don't even remember how the conversation went, but we basically started talking about making a change. You know, he said, well, what if we moved away? I'm like, okay, well then let's go. You know, I'm all for it. You know, I hate living in Texas. So anywhere for me, anywhere is better than where I'm at right now. So he says, well, my job can transfer us, um, to, you know, wherever, you know, there's another uh, spot available. So Arizona comes up and I'm like, yes, let's go, let's start fresh. Let's start over. Let's, you know, get away from family and, you know, everything toxic here and let's go, you know, let's just see what we can do in Arizona. So in soon as my son was born in 2016, I'm sorry, in 2015, my son was born in September. October, we were already in Arizona.
0: Which part of Arizona?
1: Uh, We lived in Buckeye. So very, very small dairy farm town, lots of cows. It smelled really bad, like cow (laughs) shit and there were flies (laughs) everywhere, but it was so beautiful. It was so nice. (laughs)
0: It sounds like it. It's a, you. You really sold me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, where? Where is Buckeye? Is it, it near Phoenix or anything? Or yes. Okay, so Phoenix. It's it's
1: um, yeah. It's probably about thirty minutes outside of Phoenix.
0: Okay, yeah. and since Phoenix Close takes like Phoenix. four hours to get across, um, it's so, such yes. a big place. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Huge.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah it's yeah. Phoenix so, is one of those cities that you never even know where it stops. Cause it's just bleeds into right. everything around it and it's a crazy place. It's yeah. a cool town, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so oh, you're, yeah. you've got so this
1: stuff to do there.
0: Yeah. So you're in, in Arizona. Now you've said a couple of different times that you both lived in Texas your whole life, except for one year. I'm assuming this is the year um, for- you're in Arizona. He's still working for Blockbuster.
1: By this time he works for a big furniture company. Um, He's running one of their locations. Um, so they say, you know, we have these openings in all these different states and cities. You know, if you want to go, go. And so he, they moved us there and everything. They sent him about six weeks ahead of me so he could find us a place to live. Um, so he could get acclimated and, you know, get comfortable with the place that he was going to be working at. You know, get to know his team and stuff like that. So he was there uh, almost two months before we were looking for a house wow. and stuff. And he did find a house. He found a really nice two-bedroom house. Yeah, it was really nice. You could see mountains from every window. I mean, we were surrounded by them. It was, it was really beautiful.
0: Yeah. So other than the flies yeah. and the smell, um, it was a great place.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved it.
0: So you only stayed a year, though. What happened?
1: This is the hard part of the story. Um, We lived there for a whole year. Whoa. Okay. So we moved there after my son was born. He was maybe a month old when we moved there. Everything was great. Like we were still doing like the whole family thing, you know, going out camping and, you know, taking trips and things like that. Um, But the drinking never stopped. Um, it continued, and I think, if anything, it got heavier. Um, So I never really had to work a full-time job until we got to Arizona because, uh, you know, things, it was a new place, so we were doing a lot of different things and going to see things, and money was not, it wasn't what we wanted it to be, you know? And so he said, maybe you should get a job you know, to start helping a little bit. So, which I didn't have a problem with. Like I had no problem working and contributing and things like that. Um, so I had gotten this job and I remember I was only there for, I don't know, maybe two months, um, working at this job. But I remember we were planning a camping trip, uh, one weekend and I had asked my boss, Hey, can I have this day? And he was like, sorry, I really need you here. Um, you know, like you, you need to work and like okay fine whatever so that day that i was that i could have been off um we were getting ready for our he was getting ready for our camping trip at home i went to work um really good day at work i'll never forget it my boss had told me hey you know we're noticing you know how well you're working your you know your performance it's really good like you know and you know, what? at a later date, let's talk about maybe a promotion. I'm like, oh, shit, that's badass. Like, I just really? started. You know, I'm doing so well for myself. Like, I was really excited. So I drove home. It was probably about 11 o'clock at night when I got off. Um, I drove home, just in a really good mood, you know, uh, ready, excited to tell my husband, my ex-husband, about the news and everything. And I pull onto my street and there are cop cars, ambulance, um, fire department, everything. What? And at first, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I'm just like, oh, shit, you know, something happened in the neighborhood. So I'm driving down the street and I see my house is taped off with uh, police tape. So oh, immediately no. I just throw my car and park the middle of the street, get out, and there's two people walking towards me who were actually detectives. And they asked me, you know, are you so-and-so? And I said, yes. And they said, you know, we're sorry to tell you that there's been an accident in your home. And your son, Samuel, didn't make it. He passed away. No. And I was, yeah, I was so confused. I didn't know. I... You know, I thought, you know, my first thought was something happened to my husband. He actually, um, he has high blood pressure and, you know, just a lot of other health issues that we had a really hard time controlling. And so I thought, oh shit, you know, like maybe he collapsed or maybe, you know, something happened with him, but it wasn't him. It was my son. So what happened was my ex-husband, put my son to take a bath and then he walked away from the bathtub and he sat down somewhere and he ended up falling asleep (sighs) and my son drowned. (sighs) So.
0: Uh, Kelly, I am, I don't even know what to say. Um, Yeah. Your son was what, four months old at this point? So eight months old, something like um, that?
1: He had just turned a year old. Oh, my God. He had just celebrated his birthday in September and he passed in October. So.
0: Oh, I, my gosh. When it
1: happened, I, I didn't, you know, they didn't tell me exactly what had happened, they just said there was an accident that he didn't make it, Um, you know, and I know, like, on TV and stuff like that, people, they're very dramatic about it. They fall to their knees, and they're, like, screaming, and, you know, and that wasn't it at all. Like, I feel like I had an out-of-body experience. Like, it was, it was unreal. I, you know, I was so confused. I just, I could not, I couldn't grasp grasp the concept of what they were telling me. Like, it just, it didn't make sense. You know, and they like, I don't know. I just, and I didn't even think to ask at that time, like how it happened. I was just more concerned for my son and then my other two children, you know, like as soon as they told me about that, I was like, well, where are my other kids? And they were there. Um, my other two kids actually had witnessed it. So, what happened after he left him in the bathtub, after he fell asleep and everything, the water was filling up, and our bathroom was above the kitchen downstairs. So, the water was coming from the ceiling, and my two younger children were in the living room and they could see and hear the water. So, they went upstairs to tell dad, Hey, you know, what's going on? Our bathroom is flooded, and there in the bathtub is their baby brother. Um, and they have to, yeah, they have to wake up their dad and, and it just, from there it, yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. I, yeah, I, again, words can't express that there's nothing that can. I've had a couple of scares with my kids and the, 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 the sinking, horrible, empty, Horrible feeling of just being scared Is enough scared. I can't even imagine yeah. I just can't Let's just say this There's been a lot of sorrow on this show Nothing compares to what you just Shared, nothing And nothing could I, I yeah. Nothing could So, you know, whatever divorce Story comes next, which We're obviously going to hear is, Doesn't compare, but let's let's pick up the story
1: okay um after that happened there was um a lot of interviews with police they wanted to know you know were there any issues within the marriage they thought well what if you know maybe he could have done it on purpose was he mad at me about something but i never ever thought that it was on purpose um you know, my ex-husband loves his kids. He adores them. He was an amazing father, you know, aside from the, you know, the gambling and the drinking and, you know, leaving them unsupervised basically for hours. Like when he was sober and himself, he was the best dad that anybody could ask for. Um, he just let the drinking get in the way. So after, after, my, after the accident, you know, they they pried a lot. Um, CPS mm-hmm. had to get involved because we had other kids in the home. We couldn't be with our other two children unsupervised. My sister actually had to stay with us just to have another adult wow. present. Yeah, it was, it was really hard. Uh, my ex-husband spent several days in the hospital because his blood pressure went through the roof. They didn't understand how he didn't have a stroke. You know, yeah. So... Um, they let him out of the hospital and then we proceed to, you know, start with funeral arrangements and things like that. And us not being from Arizona, I did not want my son to be laid to rest there. So I insisted that he be buried here in Texas, um, closer to families, you know, I, I, I And then I think in the back of my mind, I knew at that point I was going to come back to Texas. Like, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to stay in that house where my son had passed away. Yeah. Um, So we once, um, you know, the police and the medical examiners, you know, declared it an accident, an accidental drowning. You know, then that's when we could get him um, ready for to be brought to Texas to be buried so my mom actually works for an airline and they um, were nice enough to fly all of us for free including my son um, so we could bring him here to Texas for the service so that was really nice Um, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to afford it you know uh, for four people and then you know and having to I don't know what it costs to transport a, a body but I can imagine it's not very cheap. So, you know, that was a blessing for us um, to be able to bring my son here and not have to worry about the cost of it. Uh, So we had the funeral here in Texas. Um, He's in a cemetery, maybe 20 minutes away. So I can see him as often as I'd like. And, um, you know, but after we buried him, we did go back to Arizona because we did have the house there. We were in a lease with them and everything. And I, my kids were still in school at the time as well. And so, you know, it's like, we couldn't just stay in Texas forever. We had to go back, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't be in that house, you know, where my son passed away. So I told him, okay, well, I, you know, we need to come back to Texas. I need to be closer to my son, like separation anxiety, big time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But after that happened, my husband, of course he's completely beside himself. He's, I completely checked out, you know, drinking every day all day, um abusing his prescription medications um there was a one point where he left and he was gone for hours, and I'm like, where did you go? and he didn't want to tell me, so I waited for him to fall asleep, and then I put his phone on his thumb so I could unlock it, and I mm-hmm. could see you know what is he doing? where is he going? You know, I felt like at that time that was my right, you know this is my, at the time, my husband, you know, it, I, I, you know, and we're going through this thing together. I need to know what you're up to. So it turns out that somebody that he worked with was um, giving him other pills and things like that, To and they thought they were helping. And so oh. I got that person's phone number and I texted them and I'm like, look, I know you know what we're going through. Can you please knock? Because it's not okay. It's, this is not, it's not helping anything it's only making it worse um but along with finding out that i also found out some other things that i didn't know um when he had been sent to arizona to look for a house for us they actually put him in a hotel and um going through text messages and emails and things like that i found a lot of um correspondence from women He was actually trying to, yeah, meet up with women while he was there and um, get them to come to his hotel room and things. And I I don't know how far it went, um, but just to see that he was reaching out and trying was enough. Like, that was enough. I also found that one of the... (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's more. One of the people that he worked with, he was having... um, an emotional affair with he they would talk constantly back and forth and you know uh, that i didn't know about either and i also found that out so i confronted him about everything and he's just like okay i'll stop like uh, you know it's it wasn't anything of course it's never anything it's always just we're just talking or she's just a friend you know i got that whole deal um and I told him, okay, now we're, we're going back to Texas. Like we're leaving all of this, you know, I can't be in this house. I I can't be, you know, it's not good for you to be around these people that are obviously not helping the situation. So we moved back to Texas. Um, we stay with my mom in the beginning because we didn't have anywhere to live. Um, so we went to live with my mom and shit just got progressively worse from there. It it got worse.
0: So let me, let me, let's kind of recap here for a minute because there's a lot of shit going on here in this story.
1: Oh yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So you have three children. Yes. You're in Arizona. I mean, you, you, you're you in Arizona. You have three children. Uh-huh. This horrible accident happens. Um, and, and unlike some accidents, entirely preventable yes and that just in my mind that just for some reason that's 10 times worse i mean
1: Uh
0: um completely preventable and then he increases his drinking he's abusing his own prescriptions and then adding other drugs on top of that that aren't prescribed yes he's having an emotional affair at the time. And you also discovered mm-hmm. that he tried to have, and maybe did have physical affairs prior to yeah, all of is. this. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything? No. <laughs> Holy that's, that's crap.
1: Yeah.
0: He's a and, gem. Uh,
1: oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, so for,
0: let me ask you this though. First, Kelly, you're was there, was there blame? Were you angry at him? Did you, I mean, it sounds like you just didn't even think about leaving him at that point.
1: In the beginning, I was not angry. Um, I, I just, it was an accident,
0: you know, Mm -hmm. like
1: in my mind, you know, it could have happened to me. It could happen to anyone. Um, so no, I did not blame him and I don't really think I, don't think I blame him now. It's just all of the other things that were thrown into the mix is what really, you know, did it for us.
0: Okay, wow, you're, uh, you know, I've never been in the situation, so I can never say this is how I would respond. No one, no one can until they're in right. that situation. Heaven okay. forbid. Uh, but wow, I, I kudos to you for being a bigger person than I think I would be.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, my thing was, I wanted to keep my family together. You know, I didn't, and especially at that time, you know, when we need each other the most, I wanted to make sure that we were all together and all, you know, helping each other and getting through it together as a family, as we should have. And that's not what happened at all, actually.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you go back to Texas.
1: So we go back to Texas Things are not any better. Um, He eventually goes back to work, but he's still drinking, still abusing medications. You know, who knows what else? I don't really know. Um, But one day, it was probably a week before Christmas, he comes home and he's drunk and he tells me I fucked up. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I was involved in a hit and run. Somebody hit my car and they took off. And I said, well, you know, did you stop and call the police? And he was like, well, no, I just came straight home. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, that's weird, but okay.
0: And how so did then he fuck ten... if they hit him?
1: Uh, well, because he wrecked the car. He came home with the, you know, oh, a total okay. car, basically. Yeah. So he's like, well, shit, there's a, there goes our car. So maybe 10 minutes later, a guy comes knocking at my mom's door and he's like, somebody just hit my car and the, the, it's that car that's parked outside is the one that hit my car. So his car was parked in the street. So he was driving home and he sideswiped somebody and then he just it didn't even stop. He just drove straight home. Like, you're not going to get caught. I mean, so, so Dave, you
0: know? your ex is the one who caused the accident. He's he didn't get hit. That, he did the hitting. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of an important part of the story, isn't it, Dave?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the guy calls the police. They come. Um, they arrest him for a DUI. And this is right before Christmas. My kids are there, uh, you know, seeing everything. So that was um, the first DUI. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to
1: have,
0: <laughs> have a few of those, I take it.
1: The first DUI and the first wrecked car.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, yeah. So he goes to jail for that. Uh, he gets out. Um, you know, he's he's still working. I think that he has to do like, uh, I don't know if it's community service or weekend jail. I don't remember which time it was for this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah um, but, um, but yeah, it, it, nothing changes. It's still the same. It's still work, drink, drugs, home. And it, that went on for a little bit. Um, it got to a point to where he was drinking at work, um, and that's actually how he ended up losing his job. Um, he called him, he called the cops on himself at work one day. Uh, he said, you know, I'm drunk. I I think he might have he might have had a warrant or something and he's like, I have a warrant, come get me. So the police came and uh, they were like, you know, like well, what are you doing? We're not, you know, like and the thing about my husband is anytime he would get into any kind of trouble, he would always just refer back to, Well my son just passed away. So there's my excuse for what I'm doing, for my behavior. Um... You know, it was it was always you know. Well, here's my situation. Here's what I'm going through. Even you know, four or five months down the road, he was still. Well, it's because my son passed away. You know, like at some point, he needed to take responsibility for what he was doing, and he just he couldn't. It was always, it's because my son passed away.
0: Yeah, so, that's not not cool.
1: Yeah. No. So he. He ends up getting two more DUIs. Um, He wrecks a total of three cars. Um, He loses his job because they know that he's drinking at work because he calls the cops on himself. He, like, gives himself away. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's just like world's dumbest criminals. I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's right. Like one of those things. It's like who does that? Yeah.
0: So are you working yeah. at this point?
1: Um, another thing that happened. Uh, I am working. I have a little part-time job at a museum just to have some income coming in. Um, it's, uh, it's also at that time hard for me to really do a whole lot because I'm I'm missing my son, you know, and I, I can't, you know, like it's hard for me to function. It's hard for me to go out and be around people without them seeing that something is wrong and then asking or them knowing and, you know, but I did, I worked for a little bit, um, this little part-time job. It was, for me, it was good. It was a chance for me to just have, you know, four or five hours a day away from all the, the drama yeah. It's a
0: distraction if nothing else.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yep. That's exactly what it was until I just, I, I couldn't, I felt like I had to constantly babysit him, you know? And I, I worried about leaving him alone with my children. I worried, you know, about him drinking and driving with them, you know, anything, anything could have happened, you know, it, The way I saw it, that he was in no hurry to go through this healing process with us. Um, He just wanted to continue to drink his problems away and forget about them. Um, And so that's what he did. He did that for a while, several months.
0: Wow. Again, it's just, it's, it's, the whole story is heartbreaking. Um, But uh, you're, you know, my brother said a long time ago that, Every single thing that happens to us in life, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, changes us. Mm -hmm. And we don't get to often, we don't get to choose what happens to us, but we get to choose if we're a better person or a worse person for having gone through it. Right. And it sounds like he just decided that this was my excuse and I am, there's a fork in the road here. I'm taking the fork that makes my life shittier.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. So another thing that happened, um, when we had moved back to Texas from Arizona at the time, I didn't know I was pregnant again. Um, but I'm just guessing from all the stress and everything, um, I ended up uh, having a miscarriage and I'll never forget it. It was the Friday before Valentine's day. And I went to see my doctor and she said, oh, you know, your fluid levels look a little low. I'm gonna have you go see the specialist, like call them as soon as you leave and go see them. So I did, but they couldn't get me in to see them. And so Monday was Valentine's day. And my doctor called me and she said, did you see them? I said, no, they, you know, they didn't have time or whatever, but they're gonna call me when I can go. And she said, no, come into my office right now. So I went in, they couldn't find a heartbeat. Turns out Mm. that, you know, I had miscarried the baby and that appointment on Valentine's day, I wanted my ex-husband to go with me and he wouldn't go. So I was by myself when they told me that my baby didn't have a heartbeat. So that was another thing that, you know, did it for me was, was that.
0: And what year was that?
1: Uh, this was in two thousand and seventeen. By the time we were back in Texas, well, two thousand eighteen because it was like the new year. But yeah,
0: okay. So Valentine's Day, twenty eighteen, give or take a day. Another really horrible day, and Dave didn't contribute. I mean, he contributed, but not in a good way, right? And all right. So you, you've got again. You have the patience of Job. Uh, <laughs> cause you've got, I mean, we already went through the list of shit and it just keeps mm-hmm. piling up uh-huh. and yet you're still married. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm going to assume that there's been some fairly heated arguments along the way that you've told him you're leaving him a couple of times. I'm oh, yeah. assuming that this is not a smooth sail for you guys.
1: No, no, it's not. Um, You know, it was basically get your shit together or, you know, this is it. Like, I already lost my son. You know, I've lost my ex-husband to drinking and, you know, drugs. It's like, what else do I have to lose? At this point, I'm just going to take my kids and I'm just going to go. But I didn't. Um, I think, I don't know if I felt bad or I felt sorry for him because I couldn't imagine how I would react if it were me who was in his shoes. You know, if I felt like I was solely responsible for the death of my child, I can't say how I would react. I don't know. So I guess I was hard on him. But at the same time, I understood that he was grieving just as much, if not more, because he felt solely responsible for our son not being here. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that I I think I maybe let him get away with a little bit more than, you know, I normally would have because of the circumstances. So, um, he loses his job, you know, and he's freaking out like what are we going to do? So, I'm at work one day, my kids are at school. And my kids I come home and my son he's I don't know, he's maybe 11, but he has a phone. You know, I make sure he has a phone, especially, you know, for this time. And He's like, dad's not home. I'm like, well, where is he? I don't know. He's just not here. So I try to get a hold of my ex-husband and he's not answering. And then at some point his phone dies. And so I can't like call or anything. I have no idea where he's at. No idea what he's doing. Um, I tell my boss, okay, I have to leave because, you know, my kids are by themselves. I don't know where their dad is. Like I need to go. So I go home. I finally get a hold of my husband. He calls me from the airport. He's like, I'm using somebody's cell phone. My phone died. Can you come and get me? And I'm like, well, what the hell are you doing at the airport? It's like, well, I was just going to leave, but I changed my mind. Please come and get me. And of course he's drunk and drugged out of his mind. So pick him up from the airport, comes home. He's acting. I don't know. I don't know. Different somehow. Like I knew there was something different, but I just, I didn't know, you know, and I'm, I had no idea what it was. Um, You know, he seems a little bit more paranoid, whatever. So it turns out that where he actually went, okay, so he called an Uber to pick him up from our house and the Uber took him to a grocery store right down the street from our house that had a bank in it. So he tells the Uber driver, wait outside, I'll be right back, I just have to go pick something up. He goes inside, hands the bank teller a note that says, I don't want to hurt you. Just put the money in the bag. He robs the bank inside the <laughs> grocery store. I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. What? Yes. <laughs>
0: yep. He's Jesse James robbing a bank.
1: A bank, yes, in a grocery store. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yep. Oh my gosh! World's dumbest criminals, right? I think yeah. you named it, you nailed it right there.
1: Yeah. So the Uber driver then takes him to the airport because I guess in his mind, he was like, well, I'm just going to take off because, you know, I just fucked up. But he has a change of heart and he calls me and he's like, come and get me. And I didn't know any of this happened until much later. Like, I had no idea that he robbed a bank.
0: Yeah. You didn't know that you were picking up a guy who just robbed a bank. You're picking your ex, you're you're picking your husband up.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just glad that I found him. I'm glad that he hadn't taken off somewhere, you know. Um, but no, what he was doing was actually robbing a bank. So he gets caught. Um, what happens
0: <laughs> is,
1: so he has a very, um, a very distinct tattoo on his arm. And he was just showing everybody on camera, you know. And at this point, he's doing weekend jail for one of the DUIs that he got. Well, it's his last weekend. And he's thinking, yes, you know, I'm finally done with this shit. Well, it's time for them to release him. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You're not going anywhere. You're wanted for robbery. So they keep him. Like he had no idea that they already, They had known. They just thought that they thought that he was in jail like seven days a week. They didn't know it was just weekend jail. Otherwise, they would have picked him up sooner. They were just waiting for him <laughs> to finish that. And then they were going <laughs> to keep him detained. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Let me ask a question. Did he get yeah. any money?
1: Um, he did. He said he got about $4,000. And a funny thing, he hid it in our dryer. Like he took <laughs> off the back panel of our dryer and stuck it behind there. And what happened to it? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I I have some ideas, but you know, yeah, he did that. All so that he, he robbed the bank
0: mm-hmm. in an Uber,
1: in an Uber. Yep
0: has four grand give or take in cash in his pocket to, goes to the airport mm-hmm. sobers up or whatever and says oh crap what have i done calls his yeah. wife says come and pick me up for some reason yep. doesn't take an uber back i don't know why that so yeah. you go pick him up mm-hmm. and somewhere down the road find out because they arrest him in jail
1: yeah because i'm supposed to go pick him up after his weekend jail and he's not there like he's not coming out And so, finally, I get tired of waiting. I go home, and uh, later on, I get a phone call from a uh, detective saying that they were holding him on charges of robbery. Bank
0: robbery. Yep. (laughs) Who robs a bank anymore? I mean.
1: (laughs) I I know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing anymore.
1: Yeah, apparently it is.
0: <laughs> okay. Well yeah. and again, I'm sorry for laughing, but what the hell? That's just dumb.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so dumb. I yeah. It's like, man, I thought you were smarter than this, you know? And now so anytime like when I talk about him being smart, I always have to say he's book smart, but he's not common sense smart. Yeah. Because you know Yeah.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he's running on fumes in the common sense department. So
1: absolutely.
0: Did you know you can get divorced without
1: hiring an attorney? Let OurDivorce.com guide you through our three-step process for a simple flat fee. Visit OurDivorce.com to learn more and get started today.
0: Okay. All right. So he's arrested or charged or whatever. So now he's really in trouble. This isn't a DUI. This is
1: is federal time. Huge deal. Yeah. Um, his mom ends up getting him an attorney. Um, he gets bonded out. He gets to come home. Um, of course nothing has changed still, you know, because now he has this added stress of, you know, shit, I'm about to go to federal prison for a bank robbery, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's drinking for that and, you know, to try to put a bandaid on that. And yeah, he, is uh, he
0: working at all at this point?
1: No, I'm the only so one you're working.
0: You're supporting the family.
1: Yes. So I'm including his drinking. Including his drinking. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. that's gotta piss you off.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I come home one day and he is passed out, like from a mixture of drinking and he took too many uh pills and he's unconscious. Like I can't he's breathing but he's not awake and I can't get him to wake up. So you know, he has to go to the hospital. Like I, I get him up and they, I'm able to drive him to the hospital, you know, and they're like, asking me like, what's going on. And of course I have to tell them the whole thing. Okay. Well, this is what happened. Our son just passed away. He's having a really hard time. I think he, you know, probably overdosed on something that he is prescribed. Um, so they have to put him in a medically induced coma so he can go through withdrawal without having, um, you know, all of, the withdrawal symptoms like they just let him do it while he's sleeping so he was like that for a little while and that was so really a little hard. while
0: being a day or two or like a week or two oh, like, a cu- is-
1: like a couple weeks really yep i think it was something like 10 days actually that he was in a, a so they just put him trauma. out for a couple
0: of weeks he wakes yep. up theoretically not um not
1: going through withdrawal without or the withdrawal feeling any of that mm-hmm yep
0: I didn't even know they did that.
1: I, yeah, I,
0: it was, I mean, I just think about like bubbles on the wire who, you know, he had to go through it and like just sweat it out. And it's like, well, maybe that's a way that we should do this. I didn't know that that was even an option.
1: Apparently it is. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't know that either. So yeah, going. So at this time I'm still, I don't blame him. You know, again, I can't imagine what he's going through. Um, so I'm going to the hospital every day after work, spending time there, even though he's not awake and he, you know, I'm still just there. I'm present. Um, and then they wake him up. Um, and it's like nothing. I mean, he wakes up like normal. It's so crazy. You know, all of that stuff had passed and, um, we get to go home, but there's still the, the, um, the issue of the the bank robbery, you know, we still have to go to court for that and everything. And, you know, and so he does, he goes to court. He ends up getting sentenced to two years. The judge um, takes it easy on him because of our circumstances at the time, you know, with our son and everything. And um, so he only gets two years in the federal prison and he gets to stay in Texas. And he's only about an hour and a half away from where we were living at the time. So I would be driving, you know, once twice a month um hour, hour and a half to go see him in prison and I did that for I don't know, maybe 6 months until mm-hmm. I just got tired of it. I just said I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to be this wife that goes to see her husband in prison. You know, I'm not going to bring my kids here. I'm not going to let them see their father like that. And I don't know what it was. Something just clicked and I that was when I had just had enough and I just stopped going and I, mm -hmm.
0: I I, I would have had enough years earlier. So again, patience of Job here with Kelly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was just all about trying to keep us all together. I, you know, nobody ever wants to go into a marriage hoping to get divorced. You know, I didn't want that. You know, I thought at this time, you know, with us losing our son, with them losing their brother, you know, I thought we all needed each other and, I was going to try everything I could to make sure that we were together. And it's like he was just fighting me on it every chance he could. He was doing something that was, you know, causing that to not happen. So.
0: Holy crap. Finally,
1: I just got tired of it.
0: So you made a decision, but what. <laughs> How did you, how did that decision come about? Or I mean, what, what did you do to make that decision actually become a reality?
1: Well, we knew when he was leaving, um, they had given him a date. Like you have to self surrender on this day. And so I knew I was going to be on my own after that. Like it was just me, just me and my kids, you know, to do whatever we could. Um, but I don't know. I think it was just making the trips out there and seeing, eh, you know, I, I, for me, I didn't want that for myself. And so I just, I think the visits became less and less. And then I finally just stopped and just told him, Hey, this is not what I'm, you know, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do this. So
0: you called him and just said, I'm out.
1: Well, I didn't call him. He would call us.
0: Right. You know, when he
1: could, But yeah. Um, but yeah, I just told him, look, you know, I, this is not going to work. This is not the life I want for myself. This is not what I want for my kids. You know, like we were supposed to be a family. We were all supposed to be together, working through our issues together. And you went and fucked everything up. And, you know, now I'm left on my own, you know, to pay bills and to you know, rent and just whatever I could do to survive. I had to do all that on my own. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what, that's, I think what made me mad was the fact that he knew, you know, in doing this, that yes, he's going to go to prison, but I'm left here with everything, you know, how to survive. And I never lived on my own. Like I went from my mom's house, directly to his house you know so there was never a time where i had to experience things on my own or struggle or anything like that until Mm at that you know until that point and i don't know it just pissed me off because it's like dude you knew Mm -hmm. you know you were gonna be leaving and you know here i am at one point i was working three jobs just to sustain our household you know, and then he would call me and say, "Well, can you send me money?" No, I cannot send you money. You know, yeah. like I'm barely making it as it is. You know, so yeah. yeah. So he's he's about a year into his federal time when the state of Arizona um, finally decides to press charges on him. Uh, pro- uh, how do, I don't well, I don't remember what they called it, but they basically picked him up from the federal prison. And took him back to Arizona, and um, they charged. They were trying to charge him with second-degree murder, at first, for the death of of your
0: son. Oh my gosh! Really?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. So in the state of Arizona, uh, even if it's an accident, it's still
0: it's negligent homicide or whatever.
1: Right. So so they were going to charge him with something, but and I'm not really sure what came back on the toxicology report for him. You know, I don't know what his blood alcohol was at the time because they did take it, but maybe there's something there that I don't know about. Maybe because I've asked him multiple times, you know, were you drinking Where you know, what were you doing? And he said, no, I was just tired. I just fell asleep. But I mean, I, apparently the state of Arizona thinks otherwise. So, so,
0: so, all right. So while he's in federal prison, Arizona extradites or whatever gets him out to Arizona. When was this, when did that happen?
1: Um, I don't remember the year, uh, 2019 maybe, uh, I really can't remember.
0: Kay. It was but not, not too I mean, it was long just ago. A year
1: after. No, uh-uh, nope, not that long ago.
0: So, was he charged by Arizona then?
1: Uh, he was, they actually charged him uh, manslaughter, and he got eight years.
0: So he, he finished his time in federal and then went over there or what?
1: He, they didn't even let him finish his time. They just picked him up and I guess it'll be time served because he went, you know, just from one prison right to the other.
0: And he's still in prison.
1: And he's still in prison. Yep. So he'll be in prison. He won't get to see my son graduate high school. He won't, you know, get to see my daughter turn 16, you know, he, he still has another four years, four or five wow. years, four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: I'm assuming at that point you filed for a divorce.
1: So I actually have not filed for a divorce yet. Oh, um, you're still married a, to him. <clears throat> We're technically still married. Yes.
0: Oh, I didn't know yeah. that.
1: I don't know how to like I've looked into it and things like that but with him being in prison I I don't I can imagine it makes things just a little bit harder and I figure I'll just wait till he gets out and then we can just do things you know amicably while he's here maybe if there are things that he wants to ask for like certain weekends or certain days with the kids you know I want him to be able to do that like I said he's an amazing father he just made really really poor choices so wow. and I don't yeah
0: do, well let let me ask about your kids then cuz they can't be happy with him uh, do they want to be with him
1: um, my daughter she's she's definitely daddy's girl he could do no wrong in her eyes and i'll tell you they don't know that he robbed a bank they oh really they don't know any yeah there there's actually a lot of my family that don't know i've managed to keep it a secret somehow Um, from a lot of my family, just for the simple fact that I, I am ashamed, you know, I'm embarrassed for him and I'm, I'm ashamed that he even did that, you know, and I don't know how they're going to look at me if I tell them, you know, that this is what he did. So I, I chose not to tell a lot of people.
0: Well, I, I, that's over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. A little suggestion. You might want to let them know before you before this episode comes out right. <laughs> just just yeah. say I mean
1: that was yeah that was a few years ago you know whenever I was still trying to keep us all together you know I you know whatever I could do to just keep things calm and so I didn't want to bring my family into it or you know anybody that didn't have to so mm-hmm. yeah only a handful of people actually know that he robbed the bank
0: wow yeah. okay wow yep that's if I were to try and list all the things that I've heard today that are crazy. I, I mean, I've got a, a whole page of notes here, but wow. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So, so he's been in prison three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got another three or four or five left. You're just yeah. playing it by ear. Um, yep. uh, do you talk to him on a regular basis or from time to time?
1: Uh, from time to time, he calls about once a week to speak to the kids, um, and he calls my phone, and I usually just pass it off to them. Really, I don't feel like I there's anything to be said between us. You know, um, our marriage is over. Obviously, um, I, I'm living with somebody else, and he knows about him, and you know, so really, unless it's about the kids, I don't speak to him. Yeah, and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Personally, I think that's, I think that's the best way to have an Uh, Mm ex-spouse. There's, there's one thing about being friendly, but there's a completely different thing about being friends and you don't have to be friends uh, (laughs) to have a decent co-parenting relationship. Right. Well, okay. Um, Wow. This is, this has been really a crazy story. Again, the, the divorce part of it, obviously not crazy because it hasn't even happened. It
1: hasn't but happened yet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: it's going to we'll happen s- though. I'm just, <laughs> just waiting, yeah. but yes, it is definitely on my list of things to do. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. You might, uh, there might be a few people that reach out to you offering some legal services, um, I, I'm not an attorney, so I can't say, but my understanding is that if one party is in prison, uh-huh. divorces are pretty darn easy. Oh. Um, that that's, I've been told that in fact, one of our guests, I'm trying to remember who it was, one of our guests, um, had to do that. And I can't remember now anyway, something to think about. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. So. You're in essence single, you're, but you're living with a guy, so you're not in essence single anymore. Um, right. Does he have kids of his own? Or are you kind of stepmom or just your kids in the house?
1: Uh, no, just mine. Okay. Yeah.
0: And um, okay, last question for you. And this is the one that I love. You've been through more shit than I think anybody on this show so far. Um, yeah. not that it's a contest, uh, but you've, you not, win, yeah. you win the prize for the, 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 the laundry list of shit.
1: Of stuff. Yeah.
0: You've learned a lot. You've grown a lot. You've been forced to do a lot of things, uh, uh-huh. to, to grow up and, and figure yourself out. So you've got some advice that you'd like to share. What, what, what is your greatest piece of advice for people?
1: My greatest piece of advice that I know, I know better that I wish I would have done for myself when I was going through all of this was to not ignore those red flags, you know, don't push them to the side or don't think that, you know, you can't leave because you can't start over or you can't leave because you don't have anywhere to go, you know, because that's really not the case. You know, I wish I would have never just dismissed or brushed off these things that I saw because who knows? Who knows what would have been different? Right. You know, my son could still be here. You know, we could still be that family, but we're not anymore because I chose to look the other way with a lot of things that I shouldn't have. And I really regret that. Yeah.
0: Wow. Kelly like I've said before already, I words can't describe the, you know, I, I wish there was more that I could do than say, I'm so sorry, but thank you for sharing. Thank you for being strong and overcoming.
1: Oh, I, I didn't have a choice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: so I learned very quickly and I'm, you know, I'm doing very well. My kids are well, they're healthy. They don't you know, want for anything. I'm in a good place right now. And, you know, it's unfortunate how I got to be here, but I'm here. So.
0: Yeah. 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 And good for you just for, for sticking it out. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks again for being here.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Uh,
0: my heart just hurts for her. But when someone who's lost a child offers advice, I hope we all listen. Do not ignore red flags. Because as she said, you never know what life may have been if she hadn't swept them under the rug. I'd love to help Kelly out, so if you're a divorce attorney in Texas and would be willing to help Kelly, please reach out to me. Let's talk. That's all for this week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hug your kids a little tighter today. If you like today's show, please show it by giving us five stars on whatever app you're using right now. It really helps. I hope you have an amazing week. Bye.
1: divorce doesn't have to be complicated our divorce.com's three-step procedure provides a simple and affordable process that you can follow at your own pace save thousands by visiting ourdivorce.com today